Hello and welcome back to the Georgia Daily Fitness Podcast and this week's episode is a Q&A. So as usual, taking questions from the RISE members. So for context, if anyone is not on RISE and is listening to this, which you are very much welcome to do and I hope this helps. Um, but for context, um, every week the RISE members fill out a check-in form. Um, so every other week I will look at their check-in form and I will give them specific feedback on it. Um But on the other week, they will be able to submit questions for the podcast. So I don't review and give them feedback on their check-in that week, but I do take all of the questions that are submitted and I answer them in podcast format so that everyone is still having any queries or concerns answered. So with that in mind, I've had a look this week and we don't have too many questions, which is pretty typical of, well, A, this time of year, but also B, we are now um, on the final week of this intake of RISE. So naturally, everyone is pretty clued up on what they're doing. They found their routine and naturally there just isn't quite as many questions. So I'm going to see this as a positive. Um, But anyway, I'm going to get started. So first question is, if super busy, can a spoonful of protein powder be as effective as a source of protein uh, as chicken breast? Yeah, absolutely. Protein powder is a very effective way of getting in more protein. So it's super convenient. It's super affordable as well. So I would definitely recommend it to anyone who is struggling to hit their protein target. Now, yes, it is processed, so naturally you don't want to have too much of it, Um, but most of the protein powders on the market these days, it's not like they have too much crap thrown into them. Um, Obviously, they have a little bit of sugar in it, but sugar's, again, not bad in moderation, so no issues with that. Um, One of the real drawbacks, I would say, to protein powder, and this would be if you were to consume not in moderation, is that... um, it might lack other essential nutrients, which would be found in whole foods. So for example, if you were only relying on protein supplements, um, you might find that you, you know, that leads to nutrient deficiencies, but that's very unlikely. You know, if you're having one or two scoops maximum a day, you're nowhere near having any issues like that. Um, And it's a really, really good way to get more protein in. And actually for a lot of my clients, I recommend that they do have it because so many people struggle to hit like a decent protein intake without it. Um, So in a nutshell, yes, definitely want to prioritize whole foods where possible, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with supplementing protein. And obviously protein powder isn't the only way to supplement. There's protein bars, protein yogurts, puddings, um, all sorts on the market these days. So all of these are pretty decent options. Um, That said, there's a lot of um, foods on the market which will market themselves as high in protein, but that like actually aren't that high in protein. So you also want to be aware of that. But um, yeah, probably look at the protein to calorie ratio. And generally you want to be getting kind of 100 calories, like 20 20 grams of protein per 100 calories there or about. Okay, and that leads me on quite nicely to the next question, which is, are any protein bars better than others? I use them in the office, so I was wondering if any will keep me fuller. Um, I mean, some protein bars will probably be more sugary than others. Some will have better um, protein to calorie ratio. So I would not be afraid to inspect the packaging, have a look for yourself, you know, compare a few different ones and just make a informed decision um, yourself by having, by comparing the packages of a few different ones. Um, 
I would say that most of the protein bars that you'll find on a supermarket shelf are going to be pretty decent. Um, you know, you've got Fulfill, Fulfill even, Fulfill, um, grenade bars. There's so many these days. Personally, I prefer Fulfill, oh my God, I can't speak, Fulfill bars because they are not quite as like dense. You know, you know, some protein bars are very chewy and dense. I don't like that. Fulfill bars are quite soft and just maybe not quite as synthetic tasting as others. So yeah, inspect the packaging, have a little look for yourself, but they're probably not going to vary too much. So I would actually also go off how it tastes and, and how much you enjoy it, because that's the main thing with food, right? Or at least one of the most important things, other than getting the nutrients that we need and to survive, is actually enjoying the food that you're eating. So say there was a protein bar that had like amazing nutrient profile, um, but it tasted disgusting. Is it worth it? Probably not. So it's, all, it's always about getting that balance between things that taste nice and that you enjoy, that satiate you, but also tick a box in terms of the nutritional value. Okay, so the next question is, what are your tips for maintaining progress after the RISE program? Is it better to stay consistent with exercises chosen, i.e. weight training and running, or mix it up to try different forms of exercise to keep engaged? Um, this is quite a broad question and it depends what you want to achieve, but I would say ideally you probably want to keep up the same kind of routine and structure to your training. Um, because what I'd advise is that with your training, you want to just try and find something that you enjoy. So, uh, you know, if you don't enjoy it, then okay, maybe switch up. But if you're enjoying it, keep it the same. And one thing that really motivates me with my training is the opportunity to keep improving and keep getting better, keep getting stronger on the exercises I'm doing. So if you were changing it up all the time, you would never really be able to improve because you wouldn't have the opportunity to do so if you, if you keep changing things up. So generally... I give my clients the same workout program for a good few weeks before I change it up. That allows them to get used to the exercises. It allows their body to adapt to it and it allows them to improve and start to push themselves on those specific exercises. So, you know, increase the reps, increase the weights and just improve their form. All of these things are improvements on that exercise and are what will really, really contribute to progressive overload and therefore to building more muscle mass and building more strength. So for me, that's really exciting. And, you know, if your goal is strength and building muscle, uh, you absolutely want to be sticking to the same structure for a decent amount of time and then just making small tweaks kind of every sort of three to six weeks. That said, if you're not enjoying the training and you're like, ah, strength training isn't really for me, um, then maybe you do want to change things up. I think there's also something to be said about um, trying something new, trying something different and actually establishing what does kind of make you tick, you know, what what does feed your soul. And for every, everyone, it's going to be different. Um, like next year, for example, I've decided I'm going to try, because I've just joined this new gym, which has so many class options, which is which is fun. I'm going to try like hot yoga and stuff like that, which I've never tried before because I've always been a bit like, oh, I don't think that's for me. But I think it's fun to try new, new things and you never know, you might actually enjoy it more than you think. So in a nutshell, ideally, you want to keep the same structure and routine, make slight changes every three to six weeks, 
And it's those small tweaks that should keep you engaged. But that said, there's nothing wrong with trying something new every now and again, especially if you're not loving the current routine. Um, but that is why so many people stay on rise beyond the initial six weeks. It's because they love having the structure. They love the fact that they don't have to think when they go into the gym. You know, someone has already created that workout plan for them. You just go in there, you open up the app and there it is. This is what you're going to do this week to keep moving forward and to, to achieve the goals. You know, if you do this consistently, you will get to where you want to be in X amount of time. So that is the benefit of staying on rise you know you will get that progressive plan that will keep challenging you and keep you engaged but without changing things up too much to the point where you you wouldn't actually see progress okay next question so if you know you won't have time for all your workouts in a week what would you suggest prioritizing for example i think i have time for three sessions would you do weights in all three sessions or do two weights and one cardio session I'll probably still have time to get in around 10,000 steps a day. I would generally recommend going for three strength sessions a week if you're doing 10,000 steps a day because you're getting your steady state cardio in by doing those steps. Um, you're keeping moving and I think you'll get the most bang for your buck if you do your three strength sessions a week because of course you're still going to get your heart rate up in those strength sessions um, and it's just more structured it's more progressive um, than the cardio sessions that I've given you now the only caveat would be if you had a particular fitness related or kind of cardio related goal in which case I would say you know maybe do two strength and one cardio but yeah on the whole I just think you'll get more bang for your buck, especially if your goal is to build a more, well, especially if your goal is to build muscle, to get stronger, and also to build a more defined physique. Strength sessions are always going to do so much more for you than cardio. So that's my general advice. And again, the other thing you want to consider is enjoyment factor. So if you think you'd actually much more enjoy the week if you did two strength and one cardio then that's also another kind of compelling argument to do that instead so I wouldn't say there's a huge right or wrong here there's a few factors that could influence it either way um three strength three three strength sessions a week is generally my advice that's my go-to um but not the end of the world if you decide to do two strength and one cardio all right, next question. And this is actually the final question today. So this is a real quick one. Um, I am off on holiday for a few days tomorrow and wondered if you had any tips for staying on track whilst being on holiday. I don't fancy eating nothing but salad. I don't fancy eating nothing but salad, but I also want to try and maintain the progress I have made so far. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, please don't eat nothing but salad. <laughs> that is absolutely not needed. And also salad is often uh, way more calorific than other foods anyway, as a side note. Um, so I would say, I think my first question would be like, how long are you going on holiday for? Because there really is only so much damage you can do over a few days or a week or so. Um, so like if you had a week where you went completely off track and did absolutely nothing, you probably won't set yourself back that much. The reason I'm telling you that is to actually just kind of settle any potential like anxieties you might have around the holiday. I think people stress about it so much to the point where it ends up impacting the enjoyment that they get from the holiday, which we very much want to avoid. Like it would be really sad to let, you know, an anxiety around your weight or progress or calories or anything like that affect a holiday, which for most people, holidays are no more than, you know, they, they don't make up more than a few weeks a year. So they're going to be really special occasions. And 
the thing you very much want to avoid doing is letting this become something that gets in your head and impacts the level of enjoyment you get on that holiday. So that's the first thing. And another way to kind of sort of reframe that is 10 years time. You've probably heard me say this before, to be fair, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, but in 10 years time, what are you going to regret more? Are you going to regret, you know, not being as on it as you could have with your calories, not working out, maybe slightly setting yourself back in terms of your progress? Or are you more going to regret not being present and enjoying the holiday as much as you could have because you were stressing over your calorie intake, your progress, that kind of thing. Because I always think, like I'm 90% sure that for most people it's going to be the latter. So don't stress about it too much. But that said, there are a few kind of more specific tips I can give you on this. So I would establish some non-negotiables that you're going to keep up throughout your holiday and just make sure that they are realistic. So things that you will actually enjoy and won't stress you out whilst you're away. So instead of counting calories, because that would be a little bit depressing to do whilst you're on holiday, um, maybe you just set yourself the goal of uh, incorporating a source of protein with every meal or making sure you have two sources of veg or salad with every meal. So then you're thinking about kind of what you're adding to your meals, to your food, rather than what you're going to take away from it. So it's a much more kind of positive way to think about it um, and a way that's not going to make you feel like you're restricted at all whilst you're away and just naturally by eating more protein and veg and salad you'll probably eat less of the crap stuff so it's a nice way to find that balance another example of a non-negotiable might be 30 minutes of exercise a day now this doesn't need to be following a structured program this could be just going out on a walk it could be going for a swim depending on where you're going on holiday have a think about what activities you could do whilst you're there that would actually be fun so again it's like you're keeping moving you're sort of keeping up that momentum but you're not feeling restricted to sticking to your plan so set yourself some non-negotiables like that things that are gonna keep up the momentum keep you feeling good but not things that are gonna um, cause you to stress and then my final tip on this is to just make sure that you have a plan in place for getting back on track post-holiday because to be honest, there's only so much damage you can do during the holiday. That is very rarely what sets people back. But what does set people back is how they respond once they get back from holiday. So a lot of people feel like they've then lost that momentum. They don't have a plan in place for getting back on track. And then they take weeks on end. They kind of let the holiday vibe spill into the next few weeks or few months even. So um, so important that you have a plan for getting back on track post-holiday. So one thing that I always do, might sound a bit lame, but is do my um, grocery online shop prior to going away and just make sure that it's sort of set to come to, to get delivered the day that I get home from holiday or the day after I get home from holiday and just make sure that it has lots of health-focused foods, nutrient-dense foods that will help me to get back on track, um, have a rough idea of the meals that you're going to cook that first week back, have an idea of your workouts that you're going to be doing. So, you know, if you're on rise, you'll have a workout plan you can do. If not, just think about that in advance because it can be quite overwhelming once you get back to then think, oh God, okay, what am I supposed to be doing right now? You just want to make it as easy as possible for yourself, especially if you're going to be tired once you get back, maybe jet-lagged. You don't need that stress of then like figuring it all out. So um, yeah, 100% plan in advance how you're going to get back on track. And just remember that when you zoom out and look at the year as a whole, there's always going to be that sort of 20% of your year where you can't stay on track as much as you'd like to, whether that's down to holidays or illness. And what you do 20% of the time doesn't have a huge impact, but what you do the other 80% has a huge impact. 
So enjoy it, relax the diet, don't overthink it, but get back on track as soon as you can and you'll be sweet. (laughs) Also, don't step on the scales when you get home because I can guarantee you, if you've eaten and drank a little bit more than usual, the scale weight will spike. Even if you've not put on that much fat or any fat at all, your water weight levels will shoot up when you have a little bit more food to eat than usual, you know, carbs, salty food, um, potentially you might retain a bit of water from traveling as well. Very, very normal and can be very disheartening. If you step on the scales, see that you've put on three kilos and you're like, oh my God, I've ruined all my progress. This wasn't worth it, blah, blah, blah. So don't step on the scales because you may well have put on a few kilos of water weight, super normal, and it is temporary. temporary. <laughs> so it will go down over a few days. And if you think you'll find that disheartening, then just ditch the scales for probably a week after getting back on holiday. Once you've been back in that routine for a week, then jump back on the scales if that is a method that you're using to track your progress. And that will be a much more accurate measure of where you're at post-holiday. So yeah, I think that is everything for this week, guys. Nice and short one. If you are not currently on Rise and you enjoyed this Q&A, found it a nice little taster of what you could be a part of and you'd like to find out more about what Rise is all about, what you can get from it, um, then check out the website linked below and actually spaces for the next intake will be going live on Monday, which is super exciting. So you can join the priority list if you want to be notified when spaces go live because I imagine quite a lot of them will be snapped up pretty quickly. There's only 30 spaces. Um, so, you know, it's very limited because it's kind of a hybrid between one-to-one and group. So for me, it's really important to keep up the quality of the coaching and therefore I can't really be taking on more than 30 people. So that's why I do limit it at that number. So um, yeah, if you're keen to get on board or even just find out a bit more, head to the link in the description of this episode, click on that, have a little look and also feel free to drop me a message if you have any specific questions. I've also got a podcast episode about Rise, what it's all about, who it's for. So um, scroll down and check that out if you would like to hear more. And I'm going to leave it there. Enjoy the rest of your day and catch you later.